task force, groups of people who are working together for God. What we'll see is that we have teams of people working together for God for the same reason that we have hands and feet. For the same reason that we have eyes and ears and noses, knees and toes, knees and toes. A few of you know that song. For the same reason that we have those different parts, we need to gather together groups of people who are different, but united in the Lord in order to carry out His work. What Paul clearly says, we have committees because we need each other. We need the different abilities, the different gifts, the different experiences, the the different preferences. We need them. We need one another. We, We need one another in order to encourage and even correct one another. I mean, I have blind spots by definition that I can't see, but some of you can. And you have blind spots that by definition you can't see, but others can. I mean, we humans individually and corporately have a tremendous ability for self-deception and pride. We need one another in order to keep a check, a balance on that capability, capacity we have for self-deception and pride. We, we, we have committees. We work together in groups. Different people with different abilities and backgrounds united in the Spirit because God has arranged us in that way in order to encourage, build up one another, and to bless the world. Now let's unpack together then our our passage, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 12 through the end of the chapter. If you want to look on your pew Bible, it's on page 933, or that's where it starts, or you can follow along on the screen. Chapter 12, starting with verse 12. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Thank you as it speaks to us. Thank you as your spirit uses that to bring us together. To fulfill your purposes. Indeed, to be a blessing to the world. Help us to set aside the things that can distract us from what we need to hear and experience from you as we look at your word. And help us through your spirit to focus on the things, to hear what each of us and what we together need to hear from you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Chapter 12, verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members... And all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all made to drink of one Spirit. 
Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body. But the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, if we look at the first section again, the first six verses, verses 12 through 18, largely, again, some of the same themes from those of you that were here and remember from last Sunday, where he, Paul highlights that the church, the groups of people that he pulls together to do his work in different places, in different ways, are united, yet very different. And he highlights both of those. Both are essential to recognize here. And if if you're going to lean one way or the other, the way Paul leans here is toward the diversity in the church. He really wants to highlight just how different the different people are. Their backgrounds, their gifts and abilities. And not, not just their gifts, because he recognizes here he uses neither Jew nor Greek, no matter what your ethnic background might be. As far apart as they can be. And those were the two extremes in Corinth. Slave or free. Again, the economic total difference between human beings. God brings them together, united 
through His Spirit who indwells. The the Spirit lives in every human being who calls Jesus Lord. Again, we talked about that last week. So the, the body of Christ is not uniform. We are not uniform, but we are united in the Spirit. And God brings together us in different times, different ways, different spaces in His Spirit in order to accomplish His purposes. I mean, you, we've seen it here a, a couple ways recently. Uh, just a, a few weeks ago at the church picnic. I mean, what a wondrous display of folks from the church all enjoying one another. Enjoying the food that was brought and enjoying maybe a little too much uh, water balloons and water guns um, that uh, I uh, tended to receive a little bit. But it was fun then to give as well. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Or we saw it as well the uh, last month with the Interfaith Hospitality Network where homeless families... Lived in the church building for a week, a part of a larger network of churches, and here part of the network of churches here in College Hill, that that helps uh, sixteen people uh, because of different reasons of sickness, because of loss of job, because of the economic climate, they found themselves without a home, and they were able to sleep in the classrooms down in the ministry center basement. And had people from this church and other churches to care for them. God bringing together different people, different gifts and abilities. Some could cook, some didn't know how to cook. Some could care for children, some don't even like children. Some knew how to wash clothes, some knew how to get them dirty. But all together used to care, like Jesus said, for the least and the last, those that were in need. And and we received this week... The evaluations, the, the, the words that those families shared with the central office of the Interfaith Hospitality Network about their stay here. And I wanted to share that with you because this is a perfect example of God bringing different people together, different resources in order to manifest His glory, to carry out His purposes, to bless the world. What was your first impression of the accommodations And the the, the people that cared for you, awesome. They were very welcoming and nice. What did you like most about the food? It was warm and prepared nicely. It was the best food I've had all month. Do you have a suggestion for improvement? No, no, no. It was perfect. What did you like most about staying at this congregation? The people were wonderful. I did not feel judged. They treated us like family. What is the one thing that will stick out most in your mind about your stay and experience at this congregation? The the wonderful people we met. This this, This was so good that we all should be attending this congregation. The hosts... And the best showers ever. Hmm. You guys rock. Praise the Lord. 
For that is the sign of the Spirit at work bringing different people together to manifest His glory, to bless the world. It is indeed that God rocks when He brings His people together in order to carry out His purposes. And we need one another to do that. Now, the the middle part of the passage, verses 19 through 26, demonstrates as well something that was going on in in, in Corinth that you you get together in groups that people start to think, you know, these, there are, I don't have what it takes. Because the the world values different gifts and different abilities in different ways. That's just the way that it is. But Paul goes into great detail in the middle part of the passage saying, you know, the way the world values us is not the way that God values us. What seems important really isn't. What doesn't seem important really is. And in the body of Christ that you are, that's also the case. For each one of you, no matter how the world may have valued you, no matter how the world may have seen what you bring to the table as significant or important, or how you might value it, God values it with the highest value so much that He gave His Son for you and sent His Spirit to be within you and brought you to be a part of His church to carry out His purposes. And each one are absolutely essential. You know, that was brought home to me the clearest recently with um, the privilege I had of leading in a a funeral for David Halteman. Some of you were there, but many of you weren't. David was um, Paula and Howard Halteman's son. He died in mid-50s, a month or two ago now. David was born with a a number of physical deformities. Um, He did not, his his feet and legs were not formed properly, so really as an infant, uh, they were amputated above his knee. Um, Neither hand was formed um, well, and one arm was only half formed. And you would look, David was born and wonder, man, what's... What's he going to do? What's he going to bring? How, many, how much trouble is he going to have? But because of the community around David, including his mom, his dad, his brothers, his family, his church, how God loved on David took a while for him to navigate his way because the, the, the world around, and can you imagine just the, what he would face as a child on the playground? But by his late 20s, early 30s, he'd been led to a particular school in Minnesota. It was a school to learn a craftsmanship of making prosthetics. And David decided, felt the call and the need to make prosthetics, false limbs, for children. He was accepted to the school. 
went through the training, was then employed at Shriners Hospital in Lexington, Kentucky, and worked there for 22 years. And he was perfectly suited to make children's false arms and legs. Perfectly. God led and directed what we would say was oh, you know, malformed. He led him perfectly to serve and bless the world for 22 years. Because don't you know, more than I know, more than many of us here know, he knew exactly what it took as a child to put on false legs. He, he would have worked with every one of those Limbs, knowing what it took. That's, that's the way that God works. He, he, we we got to put aside what the world values and recognize in each one of us, no matter how the world might say or how we might believe the lies of the world or the evil one, that we are malformed. No, we are formed just right. And God has brought us together in order to bless the world. At the conclusion of verse 24 and 25, here again, this truth, but God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Each one essential members of the body, just as God has ordained and brought together. With the purpose, then, here, highlighting that purpose of supporting, encouraging, and caring for one another. Had a chance to see that just yesterday in this room. Wallace is an 18-year-old student, just graduated from Aiken, baseball star. Was killed in a car accident last Sunday morning, early. Wallace grew up in College Hill. His family had connections at House of Joy. That Wallace had been befriended by Ron Witt, who's uh, the uh, uh, city gospel youth impact and whiz kid staff member of this particular congregation. And Ron had come alongside him and really developed the relationship. Some of you will remember the Impact World Tour that was last fall that Wallace went to there was encouraged and reminded of his love for Christ and there the relationship with Ron was deepened and Wallace was supposed to be here last Sunday afternoon in order to help Ron and others rearrange this platform. But it was around that time that they found out he was he'd been killed in a car accident. So because of Ron's connections and connections with House of Joy, we said, yeah, we can have the, the funeral here. The place was packed. 
teenagers all over the place. And I, I saw Bishop O'Neill uh, in the atrium, and we, we talked on the way in. He said, you know, it was so funny. Uh, a person came up to me yesterday saying, so you, you having the funeral at, at your church building. Bishop O'Neill's at House of Joy right up the street on Hamilton. And, and he said, no, we're going to have it down at the Presbyterian Church. And the person next to him said, really? Isn't that the competition? <laughs> to which Bishop's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, and he looked at me and said, People don't know that we work together, that we're on the same team. But as we, we gathered here with um, Ron Witt uh, helping with the leadership, Rick Schroyer, who's the, the rec center director, uh, Bishop and I and other uh, people, the family, knew being the church of Jesus Christ at that time, God bringing together just what was necessary. We had teenagers standing up, sharing their testimony saying to those that were gathered, listen, I'm telling you, life with God is good. And one particular teenager said, you know, I know some of you might think you got your own philosophy, you got your own way to, to, le- to live and that, and that's, that's fine if you want to try it, but i got one question for you. Can you cre- create yourself? How'd you get here? That's where Wallace has gone back to the one that created it. And he sat down. And then the most powerful moment was the father of Wallace got up. And he shared a few words, shared how Wallace got his nickname. And then he looked just over there and he said, where's the gentleman that was driving the car? Because the guy who was driving the car didn't die. He looked at him and said, son... I love you. I want you to know that we love you. And of course, he was just a bucket of tears right then. And, and the people got up and applauded. And then he stood up, came up on the platform, embraced the Father in front of all. And I looked at Bishop and said, what an honor it is to be here. And look at what God is doing. Just God's thing to take such a tragedy and to turn it on its head and redeem it and bring just the right people at just the right time to be the body of Christ for all who need it. Friends, that's what we're a part of. I mean, all of those different stories, we are a part of the body of Christ. Each one of you, if you're feeling sort of stuck, you're, you're feeling the malaise of life, man, cry out to God, God, show me. Show me the place that you have for me in this wondrous body of Christ to do, continue to do His work, to bless the world. Because we are a part of this body, because God has ordained, brought each of us together, we should be the ones waking up every morning. with an excitement, anticipation, and expectation of the ways that God's going to lead us to be a part of the body of Christ each and every day. Amen.
part of being the, the body of Christ is that uh, we, and, and being different, is that we have those that are old and young in our midst as well. And we have the opportunity and privilege now to uh, dedicate through prayer Seth Winget, who's a good Presbyterian, asleep right now, but he must have some Baptist in him because he's in the front row. Greg, Shelby, Caleb, come on up. Oh, my mama told me, never wake a sleeping baby. Hey, come here, big man. Yeah. Good boy. Now, what uh, we as a church uh, have uh, given uh, parents the... uh, opportunity to decide to to baptize children, which we'll do, or to dedicate children. Uh, In our heritage, uh, as Presbyterians, we've usually baptized children, but we recognize as the body of Christ, big big C, the big church, that the the church throughout the ages has never has come to a point of agreement um, on exactly the, the way that we welcome children into the body of Christ, that we welcome infants. So we give that option uh, to each family. So today, uh, we, we dedicate Seth. Yeah, I know, bright lights, aren't they? Yeah, blame him, Mr. Verhagen. It's his fault. But we, we, we dedicate him to God. Uh, we entrust uh, Seth to God through this particular community of faith. For each of you are brought together for a particular purpose, just for Seth, to manifest, to demonstrate, to show what, who Jesus is, to show the love of God. Oh, no, I know, I I'm used to that. <laughs> Keeping me humble. Yeah, you're, you're here for me, too. So let's... Uh, Pray together. Please join me in prayer as we dedicate Seth unto the Lord as he has entrusted him unto us. Gracious God, we give you thanks for Seth. We thank you for the gift of life. We marvel as we consider all the ways that you have gifted him the experiences you have planned for him and the the, the directions that you will take him, we pray to fulfill the, the opportunities and responsibilities and the joy of being the, the peace of the body of Christ, the peace of the, the team that he'll serve on, that he'll the committee, the task force, the church that he'll be a part of, the work that he will do for your glory and your honor. And gracious God, we we pray, we we lift up the the wingets to you. And we we ask that you will um, enable Greg and Shelby and Caleb to be the examples in the home, uh, to lift up uh, Seth, to nurture him in the ways of Christ as we pray for ourselves as well. 
as the body of Christ to whom he is entrusted. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Ask Ann Clippard, an elder in this congregation, to, to lead us in prayer as well. I believe the prayer will be on the screen that we can say together. Christ our Lord, to whom we give honor and glory forever. Amen. Good job, buddy. Amen. Thank you. Before we um, move into further time of prayer, and I invite uh, Rudy and Laurie Kloss. I don't know which one or all three of you. Rudy, come on. all three of you, come come on up and, and share with us um, a, a taste of what they're doing in, in West Africa as um, part of the body of Christ, uh, apostles in a sense, sent from here and other parts of the church to carry out to, to bless the world. Um, Yes, a microphone we call them here. You call them things. And I don't usually do much with microphones. <laughs> Some of you may remember when you sent this out 25 years ago to be your missionaries in Africa. Well, a lot's happened since then. A lot has happened in Africa, and a lot has happened right here. We love to come home to see how you have reached out to this community. It's a blessing. In the same way that you've reached out to the community here, you have also reached out to communities in Africa to see we're part of the same team. We're the same body. Different giftings, doing different things, but for the same purpose. At first, we lived for eight years in a tiny jungle village in the middle of the Utori rainforest until the war came through. And then we moved to Dakar, the capital city of Senegal, which is a different kind of jungle, still a jungle. If you want to hear the details on that, there'll be an opportunity after the church service. And again, on Thursday night, it's in your bulletin. We'd love to see you there, if possible. Who are these people? <laughs> this is my son, Rudio, and my wife, Lori. So, thanks for having us. Hope to see you again. There is an Annie O, but she's not here with us today because she's in a re-entry seminar in Seattle getting ready for college. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, Rudy, Rudy, stay up here. Let's, uh, um, let's pray together. Please join with me. Gracious God, we do rejoice and give you thanks uh, for the privilege we have of your calling us, gifting us all to be a part of the body of Christ. And uh, we, we marvel that you uh, allow us to not only go be a part of what we're doing across the street, but across the sea. And, and so we uh, lift up, continue to lift up uh, uh, Laurie and uh, Rudy and, uh, um, and uh, Rudio 
and uh, pray for their continued work. Pray for Annie O as uh, she continues her work in a different place. And uh, we, we ask your blessing uh, upon them um, to fulfill the, the purposes you have uh, for them to use the, the gifts and abilities, experiences that you've given to them uh, to fulfill your purpose. Uh, we uh, ask your blessing for us in, in this um, congregation as well to, to do just the same, to fulfill that same purpose but in different jungles Uh, different places, um, wherever you might lead us and whatever you might have us do in every way to to translate your love into ways that that make sense to those that don't know you. Um, Use us for those purposes. We take this time as well and lift up um, to you the uh, uh, work that you are doing um, in our midst. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Now let us continue to worship God as we give Him our offerings.